This is Novel Marketing. I'm Thomas Hemstadt Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. In this episode, we're going to tackle the subject of what do novelists blog about? Because it's a, it's a great question. Because do you blog about your story? Do you blog about how you wrote your story? That very quickly becomes boring, like in your first blog post. So what do you write about? Yeah, I know a lot of authors who are confused by this because they go to a writer's conference and they go to the obligatory marketing talk where they're talking to both uh, novelists and nonfiction authors at the same time and they're giving them the same advice. And the reality is that you market those two things very differently, Yes, particularly when it comes to blogging. So let's first talk about what you should not blog about. (laughs) So with a nonfiction book, you can blog essentially unedited sections of your book. In fact, that's a great strategy. As you go, you're talking about different topics and you can pull those all together and put it into your book later. Do not do that as a novelist. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do it. You can't, uh, a nonfiction blogger can expand on a topic. You can't expand on your story. It doesn't work that way. Right. And it gets confusing because then when you revise the story later, that character suddenly doesn't exist or it's a woman instead of a man. It just, you really confuse your audience and it doesn't help build your platform because actually it can make you look like an amateur that you're changing and that's your least worst least best yes. <laughs> writing. So yes. don't put unedited sections of your manuscript. Uh, don't put complaining. Uh, it's really easy as an author. You get discouraged. You start complaining about stuff. People don't want to read your complaints about the weather or about the publishing industry. That's not particularly attractive. And the third one is hard because it's the one thing you know about. But don't write about blog writing tips yeah. because your readers don't care about writing tips. Now, there might be a few of your readers who are writers the emphasis needs to be on a few, a very, very few. And we're not talking about websites now. We're talking about blogging. But Thomas and I see this again and again, where you'll go to an author's website and they'll have a tab that's for writers. And it's like, sorry, folks, unless you are a writing website, you you shouldn't even have that. Right. So if you want to write about writing, guest post on a blog specifically for writing. Right. And that actually could draw people to your website and introduce you to new readers. Okay. So that's what you don't write about. What do you write about? Well, the first thing I would recommend that you blog about as a novelist is book reviews. You as a novelist have a sophisticated um, taste. You know what a protagonist is. You know about the three-act structure, and it allows you to articulate your views about the books that you're reading in a really effective way, and it also builds credibility with you, and it gets your readers used to coming to you for book reviews and recommendations on what they should read next so that then down the road when you recommend your own book they're already used to getting the books that you recommend so that's a very easy sell for them yeah absolutely so the second thing i'd say uh, to write about is movie reviews this can be even more fun and even easier and in many ways it can reach more people because there's you know a million books published every year but there's only maybe a thousand movies that come out every year and of those thousand only 50 or so really get well to be well known or well marketed and so this is a great way to uh, again build credibility build trust a great example of somebody who does this is howard taylor he's he writes a comic <clears throat> and he reviews every movie that he watches that's related he does science fiction so he watches pretty much every science fiction movie and then he has a review of those movies and what he thought and then he ranks them all and so you can see each movie and where it ranks against all the other movies he's seen that year and for me, I really respect his taste in movies. So if he doesn't like a movie, I probably won't like it either because we have similar um, styles in, in what we like. And so that can be a great way, of, again, of building that rapport with your audience. 
Another way to find subjects to blog about is take it from your readers. If they are asking you a question, if they take the time to write to you a question, do you realize that that represents usually, most times, 100 times, the amount of people who actually wrote? So if one person says, James, how do you come up with your ideas for your books? That means probably 100 people are, are, are wondering the same thing. So you can take a question or a couple of questions and answer those on your blog, and it accomplishes two things. One, you answer the person who first asked the question. Number two, you answer, I said there was two things, right? There's three, there's three. Two, you answer the, you answer the question for the people who didn't write, and third, you get a chance to reach people maybe that have never even thought about asking that question but realize, oh, wow, I'm, I'm so glad you answered that. And fourth, it saves you time. So a lot of authors often find that they get the same questions asked over and over and over again by different readers. Well, now you just answer the question once really well on your blog, and then every other person asks that question, you just send them a link to that post that you wrote, and now your blog is saving you time instead of costing you time. So this is how you need to think about blogging as a novelist. Uh, another thing uh, to write about is book updates. So one of the, especially if you're already published, you already have a following, one of the big things that your readers are coming to your website looking for is information about what the status is of your next book. They want to know when it's coming out, how far along is it. And so you need to update your blog every once in a while, being like, hey, I just finished the first draft. It's going into editing. And this can build anticipation. It uh, gives people what they're wanting, which is a really important principle of marketing. <laughs> you know, they ask, you answer. And um, it also, you know, builds goodwill. And, and they feel like they're on the inside track because not everyone's getting this. Only the folks visiting the blog get this. And so it builds that camaraderie as well. Another thing you can do is tell stories from your own life. If you are a novelist, the people are following because you tell stories. So tell stories. There are a number of novelists out there that I actually read their blog because they're very good at talking about social issues. However, I have never been persuaded to buy any of their right. fiction because they are essentially being a non-fiction blogger and then trying me to buy their fiction book. You notice these points we've talked about so far, almost all of them have to do with story. A movie review is talking about story. Book reviews is talking about story. Book updates, that's about story and funny stories from your life. So think about that when you're constructing your blogs, that if you can work it around story, which is what you do, it'll be much more powerful. That's really, really good because, again, you want to attract readers to your website, particularly readers of fiction and more particularly readers of the kind of fiction that you write. <laughs> so if you write fantasy, you don't want to be trying to attract people who um, read Amish or even worse, people who write Amish right. because that's just not your target audience. So realize who you're trying to reach, who you're not trying to reach. So the sixth thing I would recommend that you blog about is wisdom or mistakes, lessons that you've learned the hard way, you know, things that have happened in your life, if there's some sort of practical takeaway, these can be kind of timeless. This is that article, essentially, that you write. And right. some people, these just kind of bubble up. You know, some people are born blogging. You know, they've been doing it their whole lives, and only now does the technology allow for them to make it public. And this may or may not fit for you, but wisdom is timeless, and wisdom is attractive pretty much across the board, I would say. Another thing you can do, and this uh, this goes into branding, and we're not going to talk about branding during this episode. We will have an episode on branding, but you can talk about the themes of your life because, and I tell this to a lot of my clients, I say, I can tell you what the theme of your life is. You just tell me your three favorite movies, 
I can tell you what the theme of your life is. And when I do this for people, they're just astounded. But it's not that hard to do. If I know what stirs you, brings up passion in you, which is revealed by your favorite movies, I can tell you what your life is about. So when you're writing a blog post, talk about those things. Those timeless, universal things that are so important to you, they're going to be important to your readers as well. That's right. The seventh thing is something only for published authors, but this is money in the bank, and it's so easy, and people love to read it, and that is fan art. So did you know that between 5% and 25% of your readers draw the characters from your book as they read it? It's a way that artists process the stories that they're reading. When I speak at conferences, I'm like, who here draws characters from the books that you're reading? And, every, and a bunch of people raise their hands and they think they're the only one. And everyone else is looking around like, people do that? Like, people absolutely do that. And the wonderful thing about it is that once you start posting it to your blog, other artists who are drawing your characters start posting it. And that makes people curious. Because they're seeing these scenes and all these different artistic styles and like, wow, that looks really cool. And I've seen authors who do this and it is so powerful and people love to see that. And so, and you don't have to write it. <laughs> you don't have to draw the picture. Your fans are drawing the picture. And what do you think happens? You're a fan of a book. You drew the protagonist and the love interest holding each other in each other's arms, looking at each other as the gates of the you know building that they're in are burning around them or whatever dramatic scene from your book. And you send it to the author because they, they're asking on social media, hey, do you have any fan art? And then that author posts it to his blog and says, hey, let's check out this great fan art. And by the way, never criticize the fan art. <laughs> Don't be like, this artistic quality is very low. You know, this person who did this free drawing based on my book. You know, so you say something nice. What do you think that person's going to do to all their friends? Tell everybody. You've just created this huge advocate sending people to your website. And now folks who weren't a fan of you, but they're a fan of their friend, they're looking at that art, and now that art is making them curious. Now they're like, what is that? I want to check out that book. I want to know what all the fuss is about. Or if they're already a reader of the book, hey, I've got this drawing. I'll send it too. So once you can get your first piece of fan art on your blog, very soon you'll find lots of other fan art coming from the heavens. <laughs> and, and when Thomas first told me about this, I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm not doing this. I, gotta, I, gotta, I have a fan who draws anime and incredibly talented at it. And she drew herself in the anime style, holding one of my books, and there was this arm coming up out of the book, grabbing her around the throat. And the idea was, oh my gosh, the Jim's books grab you around the throat. Well, of course I need to post that, because it's just, it's cool, yeah, right? Absolutely. So this episode uh, of Novel Marketing is brought to you by Author Media. And specifically, Author Media is my book table, which is the easiest, most effective way of selling your books on your website. You don't have to deal with credit cards. You don't have to deal with encryption or security. All that's handled by Amazon, and yet you get a beautiful store page that gives you affiliate money for stores like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book Distributors, and many, many more. And if you have an idea on what fiction authors should blog about, we'd love to hear it. So you can email us. You can go to novelmarketing.com. And as always, we love ideas for podcasts. And finally, no anger whatsoever if you wanted to go to iTunes and give us a five-star <laughs> review. That's right. And if you have a blog for your book and you think that you're doing this well, or if you're doing something creative, post a link in the chat and share it with everyone else. Give other ideas of what you can blog about. This has been the Novel Marketing Podcast, recording live at a writing conference, which you can hear in the background, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself, your writing, offline, online, and everywhere in between.